Hello, welcome to Link Live. This is Marina Mayer. I'm the editor-in-chief of Food Logistics and Supply and Demand Chain Executive. And I'm here with my beautiful editors. Hello, hello. Brielle, I'll kick it off to you. Hi, I'm Brielle Jekyll. I'm associate editor. And I am McKenna Morales, and I am the web editor. And we have a special guest today who decided to join us. Um, Good luck to Alan. Alan Jagnandan, he's the vice president of LaSalle Network. And today we're going to be talking about education in the supply chain. And, um, you know, one of one of the things that Alan, his company does is does consulting in in, um, education industry for supply chain. So education is such a big topic today, especially with, um, you know, people graduating and going into school, trying to figure out what they want to be in combination with the coronavirus. So there's a lot of different things going on in this in this landscape. And so we thought we'd just kind of bring Alan on to kind of provide a little bit more expertise. So thank you, Alan, for joining us today. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. I, I'm not sure what I signed up for with that <laughs> cautious remark, but I know. Uh, you know it's it's always a, it's always silly here. Um <laughs> So uh, we appreciate you joining us. Um, One of the things we wanted to kind of talk about is uh, supply chain roles. Um, So what kind of supply chain roles have skyrocketed over the course of the the coronavirus and and why do you see that happening? Yeah, so uh, I can paint a a broad brush on this uh, topic of supply chain careers and jobs in that uh, it is... uh, one of our most robust practices from a recruiting standpoint. Um, I know the question is, is specific to um, what changes or uh, what's more on demand, quote unquote, uh, when it comes to supply chain careers during um, the last three, four months of this, this quarantine. Um, there's a scarcity for supply chain talent, and there has been for probably the last decade or so. Um, as organizations recognize the cost savings that they can derive bringing in uh, the right talent um, versus just really pushing uh, revenue and and focusing on the sales and marketing aspect of it. Obviously, supply chain can save uh, uh, millions of dollars in in some organizations' cases. So, um, but specifically the last several months during the pandemic, um, within uh, the CPG and manufacturing space, um, it was really tied closely to the food and beverage industry as that was basically put on its head. Uh, you're not able to go to restaurants and bars any longer uh, to, to have food, right? Um, a dinner out or a lunch out. And so, of course, everyone was um, going to the grocery store. Um, so your big box retailers needed supply. Um, and... You know, there were inventory issues at the beginning of each fiscal year and actually months in advance of uh, the the year upcoming. um, Your supply chain organization works very closely with their sales team and figures out what is the optimal amount of inventory based on trends, seasonal trends of the previous years. And no leader in their right mind had any clue that this was going to take place. Right. And so. Back to your specific question on the roles that have really skyrocketed, it's it's, um, at the production facility itself where the manufacturing is actually taking place, Uh, inventory analysts, production planners, schedulers, we've got a big uptick in transportation and logistics professionals working for these 
consumer packaged goods and manufacturing companies, um, as well as more labor intensive types of roles, your pickers and packers, folks doing the maintenance uh, to keep this, uh, the assembly line, if you will, and the robotics that uh, drive the output um, uh, ticking. So it was really across the board. Um, our corporate supply chain hiring, um, we, it just maintained, but that goes back to the scarcity of the talent um, in that specific space. Okay, and girls, you can jump in at any time with any questions you have. Um, I'll just go to the next one, then we can kind of jump in. How, how should companies be hiring for these key supply chain roles? Like, what are they looking for on their resumes? What kind of interview questions should they be asking? Yeah, so um, in terms of the resume, uh, I know that you, you touched on initially um, entry-level grads, folks that are uh, coming out of school right now, and there's a lot of ambiguity right now. I'm not sure if there's so much more, more that they can do with, with regards to a resume um, because their classes have already completed. And, you know, hopefully they were fortunate to land an internship um, over the past four years and actually you know, build their, their resume up a little bit to get more, more eyes. But um, when we're talking about experienced talent, specifically within supply chain, um, the system, the ERP system that is most prevalent uh, is SAP. And so individuals that bring the SAP ERP experience to the table um, traditionally have a leg up unless an organization is on an Oracle or JDA uh, type of an ERP system. Um, the one that's universal is, is Excel, um, advanced Excel skills. Um, we see that with just about every uh, hiring manager that we communicate with um, coast to coast is uh, we, we talk about their top three must haves, if you will. And uh, Excel is always one of those three um, when it comes to finance and accounting and your supply chain professionals. Um, longevity, uh, I, I, this isn't just a, during the pandemic. Organizations want to hire uh, loyal employees. They, 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 they're, they're gun shy on someone that may have jumped around three, four, five times over you know, an eight year time frame. Um, now, you don't always want to judge a book by its cover because we're in an era of uh, M&A, mergers and acquisitions, and um, there are people that, you know, uh, jumped ship because their organization was acquired and there were redundancies and they were nervous about their role being eliminated, or it was. Um, it was just their, the natural fate of the organization that they had joined. Um, so longevity is, is really what organizations are, are looking for on a resume. Um, career advancement, of course, I think it's important, and I always like to note this when we're giving advice to our candidates, is, is to put achievements on the actual resume. What types of cost savings did you provide um, the company that, that, you, that you were working for? Uh, make it very tangible so it jumps out at the, at the prospective hiring manager or organization that you're, you're uh, submitting your resume to. I Oh, sorry. I recently talked to someone and they said that their piece of advice to new graduates was to get certified in as many things as possible because that's a big resume booster. But how can students get certified in these systems while they're still at school and during a pandemic, I guess? Yeah, believe it, believe it or not, we haven't seen the certif certification be an emphasis uh, 
from our hiring manager's perspective, at least with supply chain, um, I see it more on the technology end, um, like it's a PMP certification or you went to a code academy of some kind and learned uh, Python or um, some sort of uh, programming language that you get a certification for. Um, within supply chain on the entry level side, we just haven't seen it be an emphasis from the hiring manager. So I don't know if I can specifically give you pointed advice on, on that. Um, I will say that this, this goes back to experienced um, talent. Um, for the most part, when they're looking, when organizations are looking to hire full-time direct hire, um, the bare minimum is uh, a four-year bachelor's degree. Um, but one of the trends that we are seeing over the last three, four months is given the scarcity of talent, um, experience is, is, is trumping the, the requirement for a four-year bachelor's degree. Um, and they're, they're more likely and more keen on getting somebody that may have actually gotten their foot in the door uh, within another department on more of an administrative or clerical end, worked really hard, uh, was able to get promoted and then transitioned over to, say, an inventory position or uh, supply planning within their supply chain and operations team and worked in that group for six, seven years and actually gained real world experience um, and knowledge on that particular area of specialization. And so um, companies are taking a pass on saying, well, the requirement was a, a four-year bachelor's degree because this person has the relevant tangible experience to jump in, plug and play, um, especially given most people are working remotely right now you want candidates that have a shorter learning curve that don't need the handholding. They don't need to sit next to somebody in an office and be trained up day in and day out. Um, and so uh, I know that doesn't answer your, your question on the certifications, but I, I hope it, it does um, paint a picture on, I don't wanna, I, I would hate to have candidates listening who maybe are non-degree be discouraged um, if they actually do have the tangible relevant experience doing this type of uh, work. Mm -hmm. And then just going back to your statement on longevity, because with the younger millennials and then the Gen Z that are entering the workforce, it's more standard for them to stay at a job for like two to three years before they switch to a new position or a new company. What can companies do to make them want to stay for like six or seven years? Yeah, well, you're, you're exactly right. The new normal, it seems, is <laughs> uh, three years and then jump three years and then jump. So I've been at our organization for 15 years and I, my friends look at me like, well, they're either doing something really, really right by you know, retaining me or I'm doing something wrong by staying there. Um, I, I, former, um, and I, I look at myself just specifically and it was opportunity um, within an organization that was growing and within a growing organization, you do have the ability um, to, to move up, right? And so I think, the, the, the advice I would give to employers is um, be very transparent about what the employee needs to do tangibly um, to move up, right? Map out, meet with the, the, the employee every six months or quarterly to make sure that they're on track to, to actually, um, you know, earn the promotion. Um, but it really does hinge on, you know, a, a company putting value and stock in training and developing the talent that they've got. Um, mm -hmm. 
making those individuals feel appreciated, recognizing them. It doesn't always have to be monetary um, salary increases. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> no one turned down a raise or a, a spot bonus or an annual bonus. Um, uh, but uh, being recognized uh, by your peer group, being recognized by leadership at an organization goes a long way. Um, mm. and, and it's, it's really that intrinsic value um, that you can derive from an award, right? Uh, yeah. Whether it's a company-wide email or in front of a, a town hall or something uh, of that nature. So should all companies ha have like a required mentoring program then? Yeah, it, 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 we're seeing that as much more common as it's having a mentoring program. And I think it's probably even more, it'll become more of an emphasis in the, you know, hopefully it's not a new normal where we're all working remotely, but, um, you know, for the next, you know, six to 12 months, who knows when there will be a, you know, a vaccine that can, can take care of the, 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 uh, the this, this pandemic, but, um, yeah, mentorships um, go a long way, you know, but it's not just on the mentor. It goes both ways. The mentee has to be just as invested, if not more, in the relationship um, to ensure that they're maximizing the output that they're, they're, they're getting from the mentor. Mm -hmm. Brielle, I did you have some questions or something to say? I was just curious about... Um, the loyalty. So obviously on the resume, you're going to look for being at a company for, you know, a long time instead of the jumping around, but what else do you look at to, to find, you know, uh, employees that you think are more loyal? Good question. And so I guess your question is, is it outside of being somewhere for eight years? Mm -hmm. to, to, I, I, I would, I would, I would have to lean on um, a candidate providing multiple references from said company um, that you could speak to and actually get a sense of what they were like day in and day out. Mm -hmm. In most cases, there's a reason that um, organizations will hang on to people. But I guess on the flip side, uh, to play devil's advocate, people can hide in larger organizations and it can look at, be looked at as, you know, they're loyal, but maybe they're just kind of biding their time. Um, and so I think that's where having um, hiring manager references, and not just one, but multiple references that um, can speak to the work product, the output, um, what he or she was bringing to the table day in and day out, just to validate um, mm -hmm. why we're um, retained for so long. Are there any um, positions or roles that supply team supply chain teams um, that that they don't have that they should be implementing into their their team structure, whether that's related to COVID or not? Yeah, so um, we're seeing a trend in um, it's probably over the last eighteen months, and this isn't a new concept. Procurement's been around for. Um, decades, right? Um, but strategic sourcing has really, really picked up steam and momentum over the past three or four years. And so, um, again, it goes back to, and these are really longer term types of solutions. Um, and working with your vendors as partners, 
but also you're working um, to just try and maximize the cost savings for uh, said organization. And so, um, yeah, strategic sourcing, I think will continue to be um, an area of emphasis for companies. Um, the other area that we've really seen um, over the last five or six years now um, is specifically demand planning. And so this goes back to what I initially touched on uh, when leaders are putting together their forecast to ensure they have the right amount of inventory or supply on hand um, for peak season or just the ebbs and flows of, uh, of, of the, the fiscal year. In the past, salespeople can go out and say, well, I'm going to sell this much um, inventory to you know, this big box retailer. And if there's no checks and balances, what you'd end up having was surplus. And that's just, I mean, it's waste at the end of the day. But if you're a salesperson, you don't want to be stuck in a position where you've under forecasted and then therefore you don't have enough <laughs> inventory to actually deliver to your, to your customer. Uh, Cause that could lead to another competitor in that same category, inching their way into your shelf space, for example. And I know a lot of it has shifted to e-commerce as well, but um, you know, obviously if you have to sit there and wait for three, four months for a specific product or even a couple of weeks or a couple of days, um, if there's an alternative that's got a very similar price point, you want it that bad, you're probably going to go down that path and, and actually and, and choose the alternative. And so this goes hand in hand with um, your question on where we've seen um, organizations beef up specific areas within supply chain, and that's the demand planning function. So uh, demand planning works hand in hand with your sales organization to ensure that, okay, the numbers do match up. They are forecasting X, Y, Z, and we validated it through the analytics of the median, worst case scenario, best case scenario to ensure that there's not too much waste or we don't actually have too little inventory to get to the customer. So demand planning, I would say, um, and then strategic sourcing are probably the two uh, biggest areas where we see demand. And do you see any of these roles shifting once things kind of go back to normal, whether that be a new normal or not? No, I, I, I honestly don't. The, you know, unemployment was at three and a half, between three and a half and 4% um, across the board. Um, and that took into account all skill sets um, within our economy. And supply chain, the unemployment rate for supply chain professionals was, was around one and a half to two, two points. And so um, this goes back to there being a scarcity um, for talented supply chain professionals. I don't see um, us, us uh, I, I imagine there's probably going to be, you know, um, crisis uh, groups that are uh, created to better plan for crisis situations like this. Um, that are tied to operations and or supply chain. Um, but uh, of the areas that are currently um, in existence within the supply chain operations uh, organization, I, like, I don't see the, anything going anywhere. Um, in fact, they're, they're just going to continue to beef that up um, because you know, if we do run into a recession, you're not selling more products 
well, you can't sell and push the top line revenue. How else can you uh, find profitability? And that's in cost saving measures. And it goes directly back to your supply chain organization and, um, and identifying where they can, they can get some wins um, in, in saving money, whether it's with vendors from a packaging standpoint or raw ingredients or you know, staffing and recruiting solutions, what have you. Um, so I, I, again, I don't, I don't see it going anywhere. Um, Riel McKenna, do you guys have any more questions? No, I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we are launching, um, link educate tomorrow. It's our online podcast series that Brielle and McKenna have both worked on where they've interviewed, um, veterans in the industry, professors, um, young employees, um, just to kind of get a feel as to, you know, how the supply chain industry has evolved in terms of, of training and um, getting people more involved in the industry and, and upskilling and reskilling and everything that goes into it. So um, this was kind of a great segue into that um, because that launches tomorrow and it goes on our website, stcexec.com every Thursday. And that's in honor of supply and demand chain executives 20 year anniversary. So, um, you know, that's, that's very exciting. We also have on sdcexec.com our Women in Supply Chain Award. The nominations have been extended to July 17th. 17th. <laughs> and so please go on and nominate. And Alan, obviously, anybody in your organization, um, any good females that are um, just making a great impact in your organization or any of the clients that you deal with. Um, please make sure you nominate them because that's our, our great award that we're very excited about. Um, and while you're on our websites, foodlogistics.com, sdcexec.com, you'll see SCN Summit, our supply chain threats um, summit that we did last week, our session, which went fabulous. It's now on demand. So you can go on and register and just watch it at your leisure whenever you want. Alan, thank you very much. Alan Jagnandin from LaSalle Network. Thank you very much for joining us today and, and providing all that wonderful information because education is such a hot topic in supply chain. And I know I'm not an expert in it. So it was, it was good to have somebody on board to kind of uh, provide some expertise of what's going on behind the scenes. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. It was a pleasure. Um, I'm happy to come back anytime. So perfect. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> It only went smooth this time. We can't say yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the dogs were circulating, so I was oh, kind of nervous. A dog um, walking in the background is terrible. I know. Hey, I'll take it if that's the best Just we can do. Kidding. Did I forget anything else, ladies, before no. we sign off? Okay. Thank you again for watching Link Live. And be sure to go on our Facebook uh, pages. Go on to our Instagram, our Twitter, our LinkedIn are all social all social and there's always one i'm forgetting as well as foodlogistics.com and stcexec.com and we will see you next week at 11 a.m central Bye. thank you